TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. This is episode 356. My name is Marcus Pierce, and as always, I am here with one of the dead set legends of the health and wellness world. He is a longevity expert. He is the chiropractic champion. He is the naturopaths that the naturopaths listen to, look up to, seek counsel from. He is one of my best friends, my brother from another mother. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, Legend. It's so great to be here. That's not 10% or more of the song, so we can't get royalties sprung at us for that one. <laughs> Let me just tell you that uh, that was a great show. It was all about friends, and this is going to be a great episode because all our friends and you and I are best mates, and we are talking about friends today. Thank you for your very kind introduction, as usual, Piercy. It's great to be here with you. It is my pleasure. Um, it's great. You know, uh, as you say this, oh, great friend, that it's yeah. almost uh, – oh, how do I say this? I really don't want to upset any of our listeners. Um, upset's probably not the right word. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Friends from start to finish. You've just upset me. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like even kids are watching it these days. It's back on Netflix. People are watching it. It's like it's back. Yeah, I can't believe you. And, and I don't want to upset the apple cart any further. But <laughs> You're not my mate. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Seinfeld start to finish. <laughs> I think I've lost Damo. I can't, can't say <laughs> Is that true? Is, is that true, Pissy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I think that might just go to show how much football I watched growing up. Um, yeah, maybe. But, um, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Hand on heart, I've never watched Friends start to finish. Wow. And, uh, it's, well, that that's a great thing to be doing with your mate, like talk about your problems. So. <laughs> That's a great thing to be doing with your mate. So happy with that. Happy with that. Thanks for sharing, Piercy. What other deep, dark secrets have I got for you? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. Oh, man. Piercy, uh, in the last episode, you and I were, you know, we had a great chat. I felt like, you know, talking about goals and and being free to give and giving yourself permission to to be kind and shine and all that sort of that was great like that was a really nice chat and we ended talking about friends and how important that is and um and relationships and and, and how beneficial that is and and to avoid the risk of loneliness or the risk of depression um having friends is a great thing to do so you're you're going to lead this one today, like you always do. Anyway, um, you, like you lead the podcast, but I'm really interested to talk about friends and and why friends are so important and what do we get from friends and how do we make friends? Like, what do we? How do we do that? Because do you remember sitting down with a great friend of ours now um, and talking about how this person had no friends and couldn't invite anybody over for dinner? Do you remember that? Oh. 
No. We spoke about this in Icaria. Ah. And we said, just invite someone over for dinner once a week and oh. that will increase your friendship group. Yes, yes. Remember I do, that? I do. I, do. I, I think I just started echoing on a speaker in your office, I think, at the same time. Um, really? But it's disappeared now. It's gone. Um, yes, I do now. And you know yeah. what? I actually recommend that um, if that was your – if that was uh, – I think I need to attribute that to you more because I now suggest that to people that are particularly working um, – if they don't have children and they're working like mad hours and they're like, I don't have time for friends, I'm like, just have a dinner party once a week and it will force you to leave the office earlier yeah. because you've got another yeah. appointment. Um, 100%. And that may have stemmed from that conversation. Yeah, that's where it came from. That's where it came from for sure because that's what we're talking about. Um, and and we were all sitting around um, and just talking about it. I think we were reminiscing. We were probably – it was in our first trip to Ikaria and we were just talking about, you know, what it, what it means to have friends around you and how beneficial it was to eat with your friends so that you weren't eating alone um, because that was what we'd recognise is the way to eat. Um, for longevity was to, you know, laugh and to have conversation and to tell stories. Wow. That is so cool. That yeah. is so cool. Well, I thought that um, I've just been in the in the social media that I have seen, I have been inspired um, by just the community spirit that Australia and, and the global village, I mean, that the international population has shown towards um, our country and the people affected by the bushfires um whether yeah and and wildlife and all the rest of it just the whole that the whole um uh project you could call it of of helping these communities get back on their feet and it it might not seem like a direct connection but it is a massive showing of love and uh all friendship really is a, is a demonstration of love and I'm writing my book, as I've said a few times on this podcast, and I'm in the I'm in the almost finished the the chapter on social. But part of the research that I um, came across was what does it really take to be a friend? What actually constitutes a real friendship? And and one of the constitutions or one of the elements is time, and the the amount of time actually really staggered me. So I thought we'll talk about this. This is research that came from uh, the University of Kansas. Uh, Jeffrey Hall, and he found that uh, it takes 50 hours of time together for an acquaintance to become a casual friend. Um, that's not that's not working for your colleague for one week or working with your colleague. That's actually um, a, a personal time. Uh, quality time is like having lunch together, going to social functions. Um, but then to go from a casual friend to a general friend, it's 90 hours of quality time together. And a close friend is someone that you have spent at least 200 hours of time with. And that is, for me, a That's number 400 that is- podcasts. We're not even great friends yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the, the number of 200 hours for a close friend, 90 for a general friend, 50 for a casual friend, for me, I found what well, my initial response was that was a lot more than what I think society expected. So hence why I put in the book because I think it's quite- um, it, it, it gets our attention. Do you think, do those numbers seem, you know, what do those numbers, how do you respond to those numbers? Well, when you, when you mention those numbers, there's a few things that come to my mind. One is like, you know, when you, you make a new friend and it's all really, it's great. Like it's all 
great. You know, you think, oh, this is awesome. I've got a new mate. I've got a new friend. Like we're, we're going to be best mates. Everything's so fantastic. It's all yeah. good. It's, you know, you we know, click infatuation. We click. We yeah, click. I think you yeah. can even have an infatuation. You know, just just as a, as finding a new mate, not, oh, not yeah, a totally. new relationship, no, just I, as a new mate. Yeah, you can be fit, infatuated, and you can spend a lot of time with that person, um, and you can think that you've like got another great mate or another best friend. You know, like so, I think that can happen, and I think that over time, that you know, that all kinds of irons out or maybe crinkles appear. Maybe it's the reverse of ironing out. Like you kind of <laughs> you start to see the reason why that person might not be, you know, a super close friend. Or you might start to see that that person is actually, you know, of those qualities and characteristics of a close mate. Um, and so, but time tends to show all of that, you know, and time, um, what, what is it, wounds or heals? Mm. Was it wound? Yeah, wounds or heals. Not, heals. not heals or wounds. Not heals or wounds, wounds or heals. Uh-huh. So, over time, you actually start to get a really good sense of what these people are really like, and it kind of shows the the trueness or the depth of of a person. So, I like the idea of two hundred hours. I think that's good. Um, I, I really like that. I think that maybe even longer than that creates even greater, you know. Connection. Oh, absolutely. That's that's no it. Yeah, exactly right. But yeah. even in saying that, I think that the people who go for like ten thousand an hour, ten thousand hours. And then their friendship can be totally disintegrated by one thing. So, you know, that's interesting. You could be very, very close and still, in the blink of an eye, something else could happen and, and then all of a sudden it's dis- disappeared. So the strength of the bond um, is definitely improved by more time. I agree with that. Yeah, and, and as you say, as you were saying that, um, I, I feel like because in in over the course of 200 hours – you're not just going to have good times. There'll be times where there's stress and challenge. So the tone of conversation is going to change. There's going to be um, over time, over at least 200 hours, you're going to have times where you disagree, where you have conflict, um, and that will always show whether you're friends or not because um, if you are, like five minutes later, you can be having a chat and it's done, if you know what I mean. Um, Whereas with others... If the relationship's not so deep, you might move on to the next conversation or the next person. Um, but even more than that, you know, you may have had significant stresses and challenges in your life. And the people that I think if we all looked at our phone history, the people that we call, particularly if there's um, tough times happening, are the people that we've known for the longest. Not always, but um, a lot of the time. And that, that tends to, when I think about this, may come down to the fact that we've been around, we've spent a lot of time around that person, so we're far more comfortable to uh, bear our dirty laundry or our challenges um, if we need to. So, And I feel like, Damo, that the reason why I feel quite strongly about this at the moment is because, one, Australia uh, in particular is going through a, a, some, you know, call it a national crisis, but, but two, there is this great sense of, of community spirit and camaraderie. But then when this all... Um, when this all dies down, um, will we go back to this feeling of isolation, social isolation? Um, you know, we know that um, uh, social isolation can lead to depression, um, major challenges with mental health. Um, where, what will it take for people to invest the time to create a, what is a, a casual friendship at the beginning and a general friendship? What's going to what? What will people? Do you know what will be the fire in the belly for people to to do this? Because this isn't something that you can do over social media, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah. Well, it, that's a great point. And I think that um, I think we'll just return to, to doing what we've done. There'll no doubt be new, wonderful, amazing relationships formed from what's just happened. You know, tragedy brings people together. There's no doubt about it. And we'll see that some people have risen to the top and done some amazing things like just off the scale, incredibly amazing, beautiful, wonderful things. There's no doubt about it because that's, that's what change and challenge brings. Um, but I think that our societal values have become so ingrained um, that for the most part we'll return back to the way in which we were. And the reason I say that is because there's already knobs out there um, that are saying horrendous things and blaming people and saying that, you know, stuff – is being caused because of other people. Instead of saying, you know, how can I help out? What can I do? What do I need to do? People are already pointing the finger and trolling and all that sort of stuff. And that's just, it's almost un-Australian. But this is just what people are doing. So I think that we'll probably, by and large, just drift back into what we've been doing, which is a real shame because these sorts of events could bring all of us together. Yeah. Like, it could be great. It could be a cultural revolution. It could be a cultural revolution. It could bring the great land of Australia back together again rather than being all segregated and clicky and stuff like that. But um, I don't think that's going to be possible. That's that's the altruistic demo speaking there. <laughs> I'd like to then um, dive in to – so essentially what if, – if we if we get the time, um, I'd like to talk about four four elements to becoming a better friend. We've just spoken about time, um, 50, 90, 200. And I think for our listeners, assess the people that you spend the most time with right now. Look at the five people you spend the most time with and assess how much time you've spent. And if it's over 200 plus, hopefully you consider them close friends. Um, but also consider and keep your eyes open for people you'd like to spend more time with. But Damo, I know you've done a lot of work, um, particularly over the last couple of years in the mental health space, particularly with men. Um, I wouldn't mind sharing a study and then getting your insights on what what will happen after these fires um, are over? Because everyone at the moment is very happy to share the 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 bear, you know they're bearing their souls, particularly those that have been impacted by the fires in terms of the depths of despair and and what's happened. Um, this is a study that that was done in the 1980s. 86 women, terminal metastatic breast cancer, split into two groups, so 43 in each group. They they met for 90 minutes each week. They shared the depths of their despair. They shared, they, they aired all their dirty laundry, their fears, their anger, their anxiety. Um, you know, and the question I raised is, well, what impact do you reckon this has on physical health? Well, what, the group that didn't meet, that just continued on with their um, traditional uh, treatments, remembering that, th- that these cases were all terminal. Um, and then you've got the other group that all met. Um, the group that met had twice the survival time of the women in the control group. Uh, the women in the, su- the support group lived an average 37 months after entering the program compared to 19 months for the control group. Um, and what I think is remarkable is that three of those 86 women um, were still alive and they were the ones who were most socially active within the group. They were the ones you know, that were airing their, their, their anxieties, their challenges, their fears the most. And so I'd love to draw on this because I feel like, again, when we don't have fires burning in the country, everyone keeps to themselves and feels like it's socially um, inappropriate to share your anxieties, your fears, and your challenges. I had a friend that I saw recently who voluntarily went to AA meetings, not because he's had a problem with alcohol, but he, he heard about just the depths of honesty that people go to and he was just confronted by it because he, 
he doesn't see that all the time. Where do you sit on this? I'm sure you've had exposure to this in the in the number of events that you've run over the last couple of years. Um, and and what do you think we can do to make it okay for people to to share their problems and talk about their problems more? Oh, mate, isn't that just that 1980s study by Dr. Spiegel is it's unbelievably great and. And I think it still rings true today. And, you know, I, I know that I'm about to make a broad sweeping statement here, but I think women do talk more and do it better. What's interesting is even though we're having more men's health awareness, particularly mental health awareness, we still have more suicides than what we've ever had before. So it's it's still escalating. It's still going up. We've still got copycats. We've got a lot of men just not surviving. Like They're just not coping out there. And, and I think that we're not talking enough. So, yes, the awareness is there, but the conversations aren't. People aren't, you know, doing it. The whole AA, you know, concept, you know, blokes coming together or people coming together to talk, I think is just outstanding. I think it's great. Um, there's so many avenues for people to be talking, um, so many avenues, but so often it's easy for people to not talk. Mm-hmm. And when we do these uh, men's health nights, and I – Last year, we were running them every six weeks. We haven't got them going again this year yet, but we will. Um, last year, when we were running them, we found that men just loved the idea that they could just get around, have a bit of banter, like have a bit of a chat and not really talk about much, but really just talk to somebody and then look forward to having another conversation at the next event. So it doesn't have to be chatting about your problems, though that might be something that actually happens, but just chatting and talking and just chewing the fat, um, yeah, I think is really important. And, and that's, you know, clearly – Dr. Spiegel showed that, and I just think that's that's amazing. I, I love that stat. I, I never knew that that was the case. I mean, I knew the case that was the case, but I didn't know that there was research around it. And thanks for bringing that to the table there, PC, because it's wonderful. It's no great. Do, do you know that? Um, is a side note that uh, Dr. David Spiegel actually he did this because he wanted to stop being confused with uh, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who is all into spontaneous healing and all the things yeah. that is very um, – so he actually – the intention of the study was to essentially prove Siegel wrong and for Spiegel to stop being confused with Siegel, but he ended up <laughs> finding results that were more in line with what Dr. Bernie Siegel was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so the confusion just got I didn't worse. Know that. <laughs> He's got, I'm going to show you. Oh, my He's God. Absolutely, Jack, and then he actually got learned. He got learned. He got, he got learned. Up. He got learned. Uh, totally. Um, the third element, and this is again, I love about you. So, just say the reason why you've got this in such good order is because you're writing a book at the moment, PC. Yes. And I'm giving you this the, comes the manuscript. From one of your, this comes from one of your chapters, PC. That's all right. I've just sent, copied and pasted and sent it over to you. The third yeah, element, you got. Let's not just let's just let everybody just simmer on this for a second. All right. PC, this is your life's work that you're putting into this and we're talking about this on a podcast and this is one tiny little, not even two pages of information that we're talking about here that will help people's life improve. So when do you think your book's going to be done, PC? Uh, manuscript done March 31. That's, that's, that, is, that is done. That will happen. So um, by the end of the financial year, your book should be out. Yep. I want to do pre-sales at my Byron event, May 16, 17, knowing that it's at the printer and then definitely have it at the Wellness Summit 
Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'll tell you what, if that doesn't get you excited, if that doesn't put a little bit of fire in your bottom, then nothing <laughs> will because that is – I'm excited about it. it. gives me a little bit of um, – Oh, you're beautiful. Belly. Um, great. So third element of being a better friend is not to go missing in the tough times and you are one of the best at being there in the so, tough times. I love it when you call me and you go, mate, everything okay? Particularly if you know that I'm overwhelmed or there's just it's just full on, and you are one of the best. You're not scared to be there when it's tough, when it's ugly, when it's just everywhere. Um, do you want to share maybe why that? You know, I know you. Yeah, but no, I'll ask you. Do you want to share maybe why you 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 think you're so good at this? Because most people um, are very good in the good times, but they do go missing in the the, the frightening times, so to speak. Hmm. Mate, the the only reason is is because I legitimately care. Like that's the only reason why I'm good at it. So I think that everybody can be good at this, and it's all about legitimately caring about the outcome, like making sure that people are actually okay. Um, so if I ask somebody if they're okay, it's because I legitimately care. Mm. That's that's what it is. Yeah, and I've seen it. I've seen you being that person with other people as well, and uh, it is it is inspiring. There's a there's a great. Um, Oprah Winfrey quote, which I think is something that we can all relate to. Everyone wants to ride with you in the limo, but what you want is someone who will take the bus with you when the limo breaks down. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's a ripper. I love that. Uh, so, too Man. true. Um, and then the fourth one is, and I made this mistake, uh, well, probably made it many times before this time, but um, and I still do every now and again. I pull myself up on it. But um, I said to my wife, and my wife, my cousin Carly, when my auntie Maureen died in uh, 2016 and, and Carly's, uh, Maureen's daughter, I said to Carly at the wake, I said, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. And she mm. said, Marcus, I just hate it when people say that. And I was like, oh, whoops, sorry. And mm. she was like, because you, I'm grieving. Like, what am I going to do? Start delegating and, and writing lists and start distributing jobs and things out to people? She's like, when people are grieving, they just they just want stuff done. They just want meals dropped off, kids picked up from school, people to come over and take the kids away and just so people so we can do whatever we need to do. Like and I was like, that's such a good point. Like just do it. Yeah. Mm. No throwaway lines to be polite. Just just true friends really just do it. They don't ask for permission. Yeah. To do it. Yeah. Oh go Carly. Smack. Smack. That easy. <laughs> I loved it. I love well, getting no, a good smack. That doesn't surprise me that Carly would have the gumption to be able to say that. You yeah. Know. Knowing Carly the way I, I've known, I knew Carly back in 1995. So to know that she would say that, I can imagine her saying that in the nicest possible way. But it's great that exactly. she's that close and that open to be able to say that. Because imagine how many times you said something to somebody and you just wish you had to said something. Well, yeah, and like if there's anything I can do, just let me know. It's like, oh, come on. It's just a waste of oxygen, really. <laughs> Listen, just, that's just great. Yeah, yeah. So and look at now you're right about it. Yes, oh. now, now it's in the book. <laughs> Uh, but there are a few of those. You could write a whole book, can you, on on social one-liners that are just completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's far too many of them. Anyway, um, so I hope our listeners have found that uh, beneficial. Those four ways to become a better friend: spend at least two hundred quality hours together. Um, how many hours do you reckon we've spent together in Ikaria? One hundred sixty-eight times. You know, in a week, we've been there for over four weeks. So let's call it 150 times four, 600, over 600 hours in Icaria together. Wellness That's summits, me. events, special That's social me. times, podcasting, podcasting, chats oh. on the phone. 
That's why we love each other so much. It's nearly a million. (laughs) (laughs) One million hours. Um, So quality time, folks, 200 hours plus. Talk about your problems. Um, Don't go missing in the tough times and don't ask, is there anything I can do? Just do the thing that you want to do to help a friend cook a meal, donate some money. That's what people are doing in the fires, which is great. I know Sarah went down and um, she just went and packed all of Maya's baby clothes because we had a son. And I don't think we'll be having any more kids. Um, and there was a family that <laughs> I, <don't> um, think. <laughs> I can't speak for Sarah, but I don't. Um, and there was a family um, four hours away that that lost their home, and and one of our neighbours knew them and was driving down with a uh, a thing of supplies, and they had a daughter. Um, so Sarah just went down and packed all the clothes up and did it and chucked them in the boot of the of of the friend and I think it's just doing. I think it's just in in the tough times it's all about doing. Not not seeking permission. What what's that line my line you told me which I think a lot of people talk about? What do you better ask for forgiveness than permission? You better off just better doing ask something for permission for a than forgiveness. Yeah. Better ask for permission than for forgiveness after. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway, just do yeah. it. Just go out and do the yeah. thing. And yeah. um Get it done, um, and I think that those those four those four are key. I must uh, just a quick random shout out before we finish up. Um, we have a wonderful listener um, who has recommended uh, the movie Fisherman's Friend. Her name is Vicky Stanford. She listens to the podcast. She said, uh, "Love your podcast. Have you seen this movie? What did she say? It's all about." Um, it's all about a great example of all the things you talk about, village culture, strong family, and community based on a true story. It's at the cinemas. I think it might be finishing up at the cinemas, but I look forward to watching it called Fisherman's Friend. And then she also sent another link demo, and hopefully we can get uh, one of the one or maybe two of these people on. The oldest couple in the world uh, live in Austin, Texas. They have a combined age, I think, of 211 years. Uh, John on. and That's Charlotte awesome. Henderson, 105 and 106 I think wow. they were living independently in a retirement village, but I think Charlotte has recently gone into a higher care part of the village, so they're living apart, which is uh, not too fun for John. But I'm going to call them and see if I can get John at least on the podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, how good would that be? How what good a, would that be? What a champion couple they are. Yeah. That'll be Amber and I. That'll, that will be you and Amber. Hopefully, that'll be Sarah and I as well. But if you listen to the podcast and you have these ideas, again, we had Angela Fenton, the granddaughter of Bruce Robertson, share with us her 99-year-old grandfather. I mean, it wasn't there Bruce's very... interview great. I spoke about that this week. I just, I just thought it was amazing. And do you know what I've done? I've started telling Darby and Tommy. So, I helped Darby and Tommy go to sleep at night. I'm on a queen bed. I'm in the middle of two boys who are just a little bit wild. And I'm like, boys, I've got a scary story to tell you. (laughs) Once upon a time in the year 1920, a boy called Bruce was born and in 1928. And I start telling the Bruce Robinson story. (laughs) And and they want to know all about Bruce Robinson. They love that story. Morse code. Darby loves all about Morse code now. Um, so if you're listening and you've got a great story for us to share with our listeners, we want to hear it. And um, Vicky Stanford uh, uh, shared the message of the world's oldest couple and a fisherman's friend in the uh, Facebook message. So do it however you want uh, at 100.notout on Instagram. You can DM us or send us a Facebook message at 100.notout. You'll find us um, or email marcus at marcuspierce.com.au or damien at damienchristoph.com. Um, Come and join us in Icaria at uh, or Sardinia, Sardinia 
Virginia, August 19 to 28. Ikaria, August 30 to September 8. All the details over at 100notout.com for our longevity experiences. And make sure you share this podcast with a friend. You can change their lives when they know how to listen to podcasts, particularly one about making the rest of your life the best of your life. Thanks to everyone who makes this podcast possible, particularly our editor, Joseph Tomo. To you, our wonderful listeners, thanks again for all of your support. We are soon about to celebrate seven years. We cannot thank you enough for your support over um, 356 episodes and, and counting. Until next week's folks, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.